Ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed my pleasure and my privilege to introduce our next speaker to you. He is our special keynote speaker for the day. Dr. PTR Palnivel Tyagarajan is the Honorable Minister for Finance and Human Resources from the Government of Tamil Nadu. I know for a fact that he's an impressive orator and he's also a formidable debater. He's a man who's very, very well learned, more importantly, well-traveled and his travel and his journeys through the world influence his policy and his personality and it's truly impressive. He's a third generation elected representative. He's previously worked as an international investment banker for several years. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you're looking forward to hearing from him. If you can please give him a warm round of applause and welcome him onto the dais. Good afternoon to everybody. Mr. Chandu Nair, the chairman of the session, my good friend, the IT minister, IT secretary, TCS, sorry, uh, cognizant vice chairman, my respected friend, uh, Ms. Lakshminarayanan. I don't know who else I know here, so I apologize if I'm not calling you out, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for attending and my apologies for being late. But I got one thing good out of it. I got to listen to Professor Sony, and I was taken back to the days of my youth. Uh, you may not know, but I went to the US as a graduate student uh, in science and did a lot of uh, work related to new technologies back a lifetime ago. So it was interesting to listen to him, to say the least. I caught a bit of the Chief Minister's speech this morning on um, you know, kicking off this event. And I was very happy to note, uh, he expressed very clearly that as far as we're concerned, technology is the basis for all departments, not just the IT department. Uh, I will go one step further than that. I'll say philosophically, based both on my experience uh, professionally around the world and my six months as a minister, it is now very clear to me the fundamental distinctive variable is the quality of administration or the quality of execution. Those who get that right uh, can repeat as politicians, can repeat as leaders. Those who don't get that right have to resort to other kinds of tools. And to get that right, really there are a few fundamental things one has to get right. You have to have information. You have to base decisions based on in, you know, insight. You have to run the human resources properly. You have to run your organizational culture properly. You have to understand the mind of your customers or your citizens. You have to understand that change is the only constant and that you have to plan systemically for this. And if you get those things right, then everything else works kind of almost on autopilot. You don't have too much other uh, problems. But if you get those things wrong, then the rest of your life you play catch up and firefighting and try to fix uh, you know, today's problem and then realize you have a new problem tomorrow. So from that perspective, the CM was very clear that technology is the basis for everything in our government uh, that we have just taken office. Let me give you some examples. In things like 
cross-referencing of data before we do application of benefits, whether it's to pensions, to loan waivers, to um, uh, incentives. We have found huge savings, huge savings by having a proper information system. In processes, in the finance department, we are going to go 100% digital in all payments. We have stated intent that eventually we want to have our own payments bank and send the money to beneficiaries directly, including all uh, part-time employees, all uh, widow pensions, disability pensions, etc. When that happens, we get the great benefit of transparency. And what transparency does, not only does it act as sunlight, uh, clean up wrongdoing, but it reduces the workload of oversight, of revalidation, of second guessing, and all of these things. We had a conversation recently in the Chief Minister's office about mining and about redrawing the fundamental strategy around mining to keep it environmentally uh, you know, within our conscience and what we would tell our children. And in the course of that, we talked about both recreating or redrafting or producing new legislation to enforce the kinds of laws that we wanted to put, or the, the kinds of models and revenues and protections we wanted to put in. But more importantly, to use technology as the basis for everything. Right now, there is very little connection between what the government intends to do, what it thinks it's doing, and what is actually happening on the ground. And we are the first to recognize that. So we have to fix that. We have to fundamentally leverage technology. What Professor was talking about, sensing and motion is going to be a crucial component of any future mining uh, uh, you know, model or policy for us. Because right now, we think we're doing something and we don't really know what's happening. The end result is a lot different after we audit it or retrospectively analyze it. For all these reasons, just as a member of the government, I'm very excited that this event is happening here today. Uh, the deep tech approach or the components are really the, the foundation for the Industrial Revolution 4.0 that everybody talks about. And I'm excited that an event of this magnitude with these participants, I just noticed the sponsors, uh, is happening in Chennai today. I'm uh, very happy to note it's so well attended as well. Now I'll go to the bad part. From all the data that we get, Tamil Nadu has a very minor component of the innovation industry in India, whether it's unicorns, whether it's uh, broader startups, whether it's SAAS. Um, any of this, we are not where we need to be. We are not punching up to our weight relative to where we are as a percentage of GSDP, relative to where we are, uh, as somebody noticed earlier or mentioned earlier, the gross enrollment ratio of 52% in higher education, relative to the quality of our infrastructure compared to other states, or relative to the quality or the extent of our connectivity. Many of you know that uh, Mumbai and Chennai are really where the undersea cables connect us to the rest of the world. So it troubles us and uh, it worries us and we need to do something about it. One way is to look around the world and see what can we learn from those places that have either equal weight or overweight share of such innovation 
in multiple waves that has been multiple different places. When I was a graduate student in the US in the late 80s and early 90s, the Bay Area was the place to be. It's a bit diluted now, but by far that's still true. But before there was uh, the Oregon and the Seattle's and the New York uh, Silicon Alley's and all that, 100% of this stuff happened in uh, the Bay Area. What is it that makes the Bay Area the Bay Area? You know, if you go back to the 50s or 60s, it was like farmland, land was so cheap. It wasn't even particularly fertile farmland and it was prone to uh, earthquakes as it still is. So it's clearly not just land or weather or climate or any of these things. It is something more uh, intangible than that. I had a revelation when I went to see the IIT incubator recently. Professor Junjunwala invited us, uh, a couple of friends and I, old uh, alumni of my institutions. And the thing I remarked upon uh, finishing my tour there, I said, I'm impressed that you've been able to recreate a culture and an ecosystem that is second to none, that I would expect to see in New York or in Bay Area or in London or in Sweden. That culture and ecosystem, it's like, a, you know, we live in a different country inside the walls of the IIT incubator. And to me, that is really the basis for innovation. It is about the quality of life that an environment provides. It's about the ecosystem of mutual learning and like-minded people and the uh, desire to be at the cutting edge, to innovate, to be the leaders in uh, what the future is going to hold. It is, of course, access to land and capital and ease of doing business and so forth. But primarily, it is about the right leadership, the right talent, the right ecosystem, and the right culture. Now, that is largely out of the government's hands. Those are things that entrepreneurs and organizations and executives and leaders, innovators bring. But we can do a few things as a government. Uh, one is to uh, do all the basics well, which is uh, ease of doing business, access to land, creating land banks, set up, setting up innovation funds, setting up startup uh, support groups and, and uh, you know, vice officers and ministers and so forth. But I would say the two things that we can do uh, fundamentally differently is A, B, somebody here for radical change ourselves. As the chief minister said at our first meeting with our global economic advisors, says our ambitions of what we want to do. We are in politics because we have a vision of what society should look like. And we want to work towards achieving that vision. And all our laws, all our actions, all our budget, all our spending, all our schemes are focused on that vision. And that vision we understand requires radical change from where we are today. It is not something that can be achieved with incremental change. It requires radical change. That demand for radical change is actually the spur for innovation in many ways that I can see, having been on the other side of the fence, outside of government. So because we want radical change, we are going to be the biggest consumers of innovation in anything that's related to us, in all of the fields that we talked about, whether it's computing and cognition, whether it's motion and sensing, and uh, whether it's um, matter and energy. If we cannot reform 
the Tamil Nadu electricity grid and the uh, generating corporation and the distribution corporation, everything else I do in the finance department is irrelevant. We run about 40,000 crores a year loss in um, managing the electricity system. So we are vested in deep tech, not because of uh, you know, attitude, but because of necessity. If we want to achieve our ambitions, our vision, then we need to find fundamental reform and it cannot be done by human beings and it cannot be done incrementally. It requires profound innovation and profound technology application to achieve this effect. So I have a bunch of notes here that were provided to me by uh, my good friends in the IT department. But these are all facts that you already know that we have a few corpus funds that TITCO, TIIC do some other things that the government will try and facilitate uh, CSR funding going to the right startups, that we will encourage further incubation centers around the state, that um, we will find other panels and committees. In fact, recently we set up one, I think, for innovation. I recommended a startup entrepreneur who I only knew slightly, but I knew by reputation to be on that panel. The role of government is both basic and limited. Our job is to raise revenues fairly, to allocate it in a just and socially fair manner, to provide a level playing field as far as possible, to provide a support system for those who at any moment in time and different people at different points in our lives will need assistance, need a little extra hand, to provide good infrastructure, good facilities that provide a quality of life, and then mostly to get out of the way so that entrepreneurs can do what they do best. Our philosophy is very tuned to these roles of the government. Uh, we are happy to help in any way that anybody can bring us ideas. We have a deep need, a profound need for innovation and technology. In the last six months, I would say we have done more investment in technology and more fundamental reform to the way we use and adopt and implement technology than has been done in at least 10 years. And we're still 10 years behind. I don't take any credit. We're not where we need to be. So our need is, is quite desperate. Uh, I'm very happy that the CII, the government of Tamil Nadu, all the other sponsors have taken uh, the initiative, have invested their time and funds to bring such an event together. I wish this event much success. And I look forward to, as the professor said, uh, sometime in the next five or 10 years coming here and saying, wow, look how far we've come in such little time. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have time for a few short questions. Minister, you have made a brief, but a very interesting uh, presentation with a lot of takeaways. My question is, does this government believe in disinvestment of loss-making companies, number one? In Bombay, I was in Bombay for quite some time. In Bombay, electricity department as well as transport, they are being run by Tata's very efficiently in an incredible manner. Why should you not think of that model to, rep to be replicated in Tamil Nadu? 
Yeah, I'm not sure this is either the right forum or I'm the right guy to talk about privatizing units in other departments. But I will say that we have a excess of uh, government entities. I think the CAG report, the public report last year, said that over 300 entities, boards, corporations, um, statutory bodies have not filed their annual reports for more than two years. That raises the question, if 300 and something have not filed for more than two years, how many are there altogether? So I have stated in multiple uh, fora that uh, it is our intent and my personal uh, department's uh, ambition to first rationalize how many entities there are, why all of them need to exist, uh, whether the financing entities we have right now are in the right place, whether uh, the number of government companies are needed or not. So I, I'll just leave it that. I don't want to go into more detail. I'm not sure this is the right forum for this. Can we have an ideas bank in Tamil Nadu to help any new, uh, what is called global new technology or global new thoughts, and then give a special attention to that. In another five years, you can have a lot of solutions. I am also working energy, which I'm going to release in another five to six months. It's a global new technology. Thank you. Sure. I'm, I'm sure the IT secretary and minister will be happy to take that up. So I'm Parvez Alam. I'm the CEO of Crescent Innovation Incubation Council. It's a business incubator. As the professor rightly said, there is called a triple helix model, which is industry, academia, and business incubator work. So I have a proposal to you. Uh, the MIT, which is the alma mater, has a program called REAP, Regional Entrepreneurship Acceleration Program, where all the ecosystem holders like uh, government, and uh, academia, investor, even risk capital can participate. So I think we should uh, maybe the first state in the country to start this actually already Tokyo, Japan and all already participated. So I request uh, your support to do this kind of program in state. Sure, happy to do it, sir. Please uh, go through either the industries or the, either the IT secretary or the industry secretary, one of the two. Yeah, that, that, uh, that I'll take care of. Thank you, sir. We have time for one last question. So any plans for fintech by the state itself, like uh, crypto-based or any policy that uh, you're looking at, sir? So that's a two-part question. The policy don't get set by us. They said, uh, you know, crypto policy gets set by the union government and the RBI. So they made some statements. I don't know if they'll follow through on it, but that's what it is. As for the FinTech Park, we have just released a FinTech policy about three days ago. Uh, we have designated a, a place in uh, Nandanam Parkam to be a FinTech uh, city and provided incentives and uh, um, some uh, single window to facilitate entrepreneurs setting up there. Uh, by Tanjirko, uh, what were the revenue losses? And in consequent to it, a lot of industries have been also affected in the past. Will there be any relief system or some sort of a help that could be done? I'm so, sorry, the electricity minister will have to answer that. Yeah. Okay, so we have time for one last question. If we can just get a mic there to that gentleman. Can we please keep the questions relevant to the Honorable Minister on the dais so we can be more cognizant and respectful of his time? Thank you. It's just an open question. Uh, how the government is open? If uh, government allows uh, 
to make use of the waste lands and generate uh, income out of it without any uh, expense to the government. Sir, uh, the basic problem is that the government's database of land is less than complete. We don't know where all we own. Uh, the CAG report has pointed out two, three years ago that even according to our own database, something like two and something like hectares, so about five lakh acres have been encroached according to our own records that have not been acted upon. I'll go one step further. That uh, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of hectares that were leased by the British government prior to independence that have expired, that the government has not yet taken back. So that's why in the budget we announced that we were going to set up in the finance department first, a asset management entity that would also look at land and look at where all the government's land are, land, lands are, where are they leased, where are they owned, where are they encroached. And that encroachment, the CAG report says, encroachment varies from 4% in Tirunelveli district to 23% in Chennai. That means 23% of all government land in Chennai district encroached. Now, what's the definition of encroached? Doesn't mean that we are completely a lawless society. Much of that encroachment may be some government entity or some government department that has encroached without taking government permission to do it. So, you know, there's a lot of these things have happened and we need to start from scratch. So, uh, the stated policy already, the Honorable Chief Minister and the Industries Minister have said 50,000 acres land bank immediately uh, to be available to industry because we don't want that to be the bottleneck. But beyond that, uh, there's a, again a technology problem here that we need a survey that uses better, uh, you know, GPS data plus drone surveys plus original, you know, uh, traditional uh, FNB sketches surveys and all that to find out what is what and where is which. In fact, I'll go one step further. In a place like Singapore, there's a government department in charge of managing that, right? Is a land and transport administration or something. In the British regime, they didn't really care about who owned the land. They just want to get the money out of it. So if you look at a state like ours, we have a department called revenue department that doesn't collect any revenue. We have a job called collector who collects nothing. He's the district administrator. The revenue department is really the land management and land reforms department. So we have to fundamentally rethink how we manage land, which is a very precious resource. But uh, if you have any specific, there are clear guidelines under which the government can lease uh, or give uh, any kind of land for the right reason. If we, uh, if, you, if you have a specific proposal, then the collector or the department is the right place to go. Uh, but we have a more profound problem, but it's not an insurmountable problem. In the next three to five years, uh, we should have a significant improvement on that. It requires the use of technology and better mapping and better databases. Thank you so much, sir. With that, we've come to the end of the session. Sir, I completely understand we're running short on time. I'm so sorry. I'm going to request you to take this up after this session. Please bear with me. I've got a job to do here. Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, we're wrapping up our very first session. Please join me in putting your hands together in thanking the Honorable Minister for Finance and Human Resources. Sir, your stark honesty, your acerbic wit, and more importantly, your transparency in how you communicate. I'm sure 
we all found incredibly refreshing. Thank you so very much. We'd also like to put our hands together for Mr. Chandru Nair. Thank you, sir. Thank you.